Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, she, her, and I cannot begin to express how much this particular episode means to me. The conversation that I got to have with the one and only Liz Kimball for this episode is truly why the Empowered Artist Collective exists, why this podcast exists. It is a heart conversation, as deep as heart conversations can go, all about soul expansion and your creative cycle and the seasons of creation. We talk about following one's curiosity and embracing questions. What is purposeful rest? Trusting your inner knowing. Liz breaks down the four stages of one's creative cycle and what it means to let your soul expand. Y'all, this episode is one that is just full of gorgeous, meaningful, true, deep gems, and I cannot wait for you to listen. Enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. I am here with someone who I've also never met in real life and who I have become a huge fan of um, from a distance. Uh, She has been on a panel of ours earlier in, I don't even know what time it was in life anymore because what is time? Um, Liz Kimball, hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Oh my God. I'm so grateful that you're here. Y'all, Liz is a mom and also the most dope entrepreneur, female business owner. Like, I mean, like the amount, the fact that like you're giving us the time is, I don't even know how you have the time is kind of wild. So this is almost an hour that will be worth all your energy. And so thank you for tuning in. Uh, Liz, hi. I'd love for you to introduce yourself today. Who are you today for anyone who is listening? Hi, everyone. I am... Yeah. You know, what's funny. I'm like leading with, I'm a mom, which I never do, Good. but I'm seven months pregnant and I'm like, just felt the baby kick. And I was like, well, yes. <laughs> I'm a carrier of life today in this moment. Ugh. Um, but you know, I was stopping with your question because I, you, you know, you said, who are you? And like, mm. I just think we have all these ways of talking about who we are mm-hmm. and I am happy to share all of those things, but I really think I am my curiosity. Is that too esoteric to begin with? No, this is my vibe. (laughs) We love this. Yeah. So I think I've spent so much of my career, you know, I've had multiple decades of work in the arts and Mm -hmm. now in the online space and as a writer and a coach and entrepreneur. And I I'm now at the point about labels where I understand we need them. It helps the world see us. They're important sort of points of connection and invitation and synergy. Mm -hmm. But I'm really at the point in my life where they don't have a lot of meaning to me personally anymore, Um, Mm. which is a big, it's actually like a big celebration for me. So I really think our purpose, my purpose in this world is to follow my curiosity. And so- I think that's who I am. (laughs) Ugh, ugh. This is, honestly, when I think about, I had a conversation with a friend the other day and we were talking about like through line of the way in which we approach all that we do. I guess some people might refer to it as a why or some people refer to it as an essence or all of those, you know, words that people like throw into the universe about these things. I think about it like the golden thread. What do you mean by that? The connective tissue, because I think we need this, right? Humans, we're searching for patterns. It helps us, right? And we're also searching for, so we're searching for like overarching patterns and we're searching for meaning. And so 
so many of us get plagued with like, okay, I do all these things, but like, what's that connective tissue? Yeah. And I think of it like the golden thread. So yes. yeah. Yes, completely. And we were basically talking without the word golden thread, which now I'm going to incorporate in my life. Um, but this golden thread of our lives and the way in which we enter into spaces, especially after however many years of us kind of doing a version of this artistry and also just like living on this planet and also the world and yada, yada, yada. And it was a conversation about each of our values really and how we are trying as hard as we can within the how do we set boundaries for ourselves conversation to like really find those things that are in alignment with those values basically of the way we see the world which I guess is exactly this quote-unquote label which isn't but like curiosity and I think I would imagine if you were to boil down all of the hats that you do wear, including your mother hat, including your entrepreneur, like all of that, I would imagine that is the lens through which you see the world. And I think it's so gorgeous. It is. It's And it's a, it's fundamental to everything I do. And it's just helped me yeah. <laughs> to free myself. You know, I had this, I love life paths, you know, like this is sort of at the on the sort of largest level of my work, right? I'm like so interested in the soul and how yeah. the soul is sort of on this journey. And and one of the privileges of my work is that I get, I work with people for, you know, over time so that I really get to sort of look at the constellation of their larger journey and see what's, you know, it's so interesting to see how the soul is 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 revealing itself and developing as you go. But the freeing thing for me was to identify that like, I really think questions are bigger than careers. Mm -hmm. And because when I started to look at like, you know, I started out in my work as a dancer and then I was an actor and a director for the first decade. And then now I do all the things I do now. The, the questions I've been asking haven't been that different. I mean, they, they've evolved, mm. but I think to, to sort of see the things that I'm drawn to, I think we are all here to ask like a set of questions. And that set of questions that you ask is that's the unrepeatable thing. That's the thing that nobody else in the history of time will ask, you know, in the way that you do and with the eyes that you have. Yeah. And so, and I personally am like such a, um, I wouldn't call myself a contrarian. I'm just very interested in not doing what the cultures yeah. <laughs> are like most of the culture. Um, and I think we are, we have a sort of a, a, like a cult of certainty right now, kind of where we are of sort of this, like um, where we sort of go to the church of like, I have to know the answer and, right. and we have to sell the answer and answers make us feel safe. And the reason I love working with creators and knowledge workers who, in my opinion, do the same thing mm -hmm. it, which is ask the questions that take us into the future is like, you are willing to ask questions that don't have answers. And I think that's like the bravest thing anyone can do in the world. And I really think it's what all art making is about, but mm. I didn't know that for the first decade of my <laughs> art career. Um, and, and now it's just so freeing to really let myself use that as my compass. And it is on the good days, Jennifer, mm -hmm. how I will make decisions. Yeah. Do you go from a place of just for your own self and then we can venture into the way you work with others, but for your own self, is it like you wake up one day or in the morning and you're like, these are my questions today and how am I going to see what comes? Or is it more like while you are doing your day and going about your day, 
a moment will happen where a question will be sparked and then it's like, wait, let me think and then navigate. I, great question. <laughs> I think it's more, uh, well, I do have a practice. I've maybe tried out and auditioned like every planner in the history of yeah. planners. And, um, and I started making my own because I was like, none of these work, <laughs> but I do on the good days, I have a practice of trying to start the day with a, a question instead of just to like hold myself accountable to that mm. value and sort of to do this like lifelong unhooking from productivity as worth that I know you and your community and so many of your guests are working on as well. Um, so I'll try to start my day with a question. And I try not to like put a lot of pressure on what that is, just sort of let it come to me. Mm. But I think um, it's really more just about like what I'm, I think I would say it's sort of like the larger themes of my life are questions. And mm -hmm. those really, yeah, I mean, they're big ones, so they haven't really changed. <laughs> Do you feel comfortable sharing any of them or some or one? Sure. I mean, I think the the biggest one is about how we create a nonviolent world. Mm -hmm. Like sort of how do we create nonviolence and, and sort of the, the way my way into that question is like, how do I create a nonviolent inner landscape? Mm. And I just feel, you know, I grew up, I have a background in, um, my, my ancestors are all Quaker on one side. So I have like real, and I went to Quaker school and it took me a while to realize that like, nonviolence is like such an important part of my life. Mm. And I, it's actually one of the reasons I, I mean, one of the many reasons I knew sort of the, the, the acting career wasn't going to work for me. Cause I was like going in for all these roles that were like, I would have to sort of perpetuate this value that I just like wasn't yeah. standing for. Um, but also, you know, I, like so many of us have sort of struggled for decades upon decades of, of really challenging inner landscape, self-talk, all of these things that we were all suffering with and that we didn't know everybody else was too, my generation. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to kind of create that from the inside out um, is, is, I would say, definitely kind of at the heart right now. Wow. What a, what a big question to grapple with on a daily basis. <laughs> I know, but like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. Not to belittle it, I think it's something so gorgeous that you are so purposeful about this being something that guides the way in which you live, you know, and not that you think you're going to quote unquote solve it, but it's that you're so aware that this is a value that you have and every day bringing that back up into your psyche of like, this is something I'm still continuously wanting to, to examine is profound. And it won't, I won't do it alone. Right. And I think it's something I've come to recently, um, you know, and this is really true for a lot of the people I work with. And so I imagine like you're, you know, I'm curious if this lands with your audience, but like we have felt so long, like whatever it is, is too much. So if it's like, my ideas are too much, they're too big. They're too, um, I can't talk about nonviolence. Like how dare I? I'm not, I don't have the street cred. I don't work at the UN. Um, it's just, it's been so, such a diminishing force for my mm -hmm. own creativity and for so many people that I work with. And so I think, um, I've been working on giving myself permission to be like, if you believe that, believe it, mm -hmm. <laughs> believe, talk about it and say it Yeah, and feel the vulnerability in the moment. Um, 
Because instead it's like you sort of having these depth filled conversations with yourself over here in your corner being like, when is, when am I going to find, you know, people who want to talk about the things I want to talk about in life. And then you start talking about them and you're like, oh, we actually all kind of have this like unbridled enthusiasm. We've just been coached out of it by the culture. Yeah. Well, it's also once you name it, it becomes real. Mm -hmm. You know, once you put it into the world in some way, whether it's verbally or physically or sharing with another human, it's just, it's, it takes up space in a way that isn't just occupying space in your brain. And so then you're held in some way, in a good way, I would say, accountable for the fact that this is something that you actually believe and want and need. Totally. And it releases energy. So like if you're holding it to yourself for so long, at a certain point, there's an energy cost. And so I find there's um, an energy release when you sort of have been marinating on that thing for so long and incubating Mm -hmm. it. So um, yeah. I would say, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but like I feel like that in my brain is akin to catharsis right? Where you have a moment of catharsis where it's like after you've cried and you're like, oh, I needed that. And the holding on, the release of that that tension of that valve that you've been holding on so much, mm. all of a sudden it becomes like, oh, there's a breath there that wasn't, there wasn't before. And it's also, can it's also letting the creative cycle have its full, it's letting the creativity cycle sort of have its full arc of completion. So like you, you know, you incubate ideas and stories And then the, you know, you actualize them and then by bringing them out, like you could, it can only go as far in you. You have to then take it out so that the, the creative work itself can experience the full cycle, but also so that, you know, you can experience that as the creator because you are changed once you let any idea or story out of you. Yeah. Well, I'd love to transition then into, you just talked about the creative cycle. For those listening, what is that? Um, <laughs> According to you, at least. Or yeah, like, well, you know, obviously I, everybody has a different definition. Yeah, but what I'd really want to say is, you know, I have nine stages of, the, of, of creativity that I work with. I just because it helps me have landmarks. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the most powerful thing we can do as creators is just be a scientist of our own process. And so most likely your creativity cycle might be um, a little bit different. You know, it's really unique to you. And so I think, you know, we've been taught for so many years by a really specific set of voices around larger principles of creativity and on the artistic process itself. And if you've, yeah, I, I felt so long, like not, they don't always resonate with me. And that's also because they weren't necessarily created with my body and experience in mind. So yeah. um, I think your creativity cycle is totally unique to you. Um, but, and also, <laughs> um, but I can sort of like uh, distill it down to four sure. stages, which I think are, are um, you know, a little bit less, you know, less than the nine stages. But the first stage, I think, and this is something we don't talk about a lot culturally, um, is this stage of becoming. And it's a cycle, by the way, so it's like never ending. Yeah. <laughs> and I really actually think it's sort of a spiral because each time you go through a creativity cycle, you you learn and you kind of spiral mm-hmm. upwards. Um, but I think the becoming stage, you know, and we could align this with the season of winter, is like it's the stage before you have the answers. It's the stage before the thing is, is formed or defined. Um, it's, it's sort of, you are 
figuring out who you are in this chapter and then whatever you're going to, cause at, you know, and wherever you are in your life, you're going to make something in that chapter and it's sort of coming to you, but it's all beneath the surface. So it's mm -hmm. under the ground, you know, the seed is germinating. Um, and then I think the next stage is really like the creation stage, the, the stage where it become it actualizes and that we can sort of break down into other stages, but I think, you know, sort of a, a holy, right. You make the thing, you make right. the thing that's coming out of you. You actualize whatever sort of that has been revealed to you in the becoming process. And that can align with spring, you know, if, if you like, like the seasons. Um, and then, th then I think of this stage called, you know, I call it the luminosity phase, which is really the phase of like, so you've created something and now it's time to, and I think of it as a gift, like it's time to take this gift into the world and, find who's meant to receive it. And that, mm. you know, we could also talk about this as marketing yeah. and like visibility and all this stuff that has a really high emotional charge for so many people, rightly so. Um, but like at its essence, you've made something and now it's time to sort of shine it out through you um, mm. and sort of through your shining to find the rightful audience. And then, um, you know, the last stage I really think about, and I've, I've worked on this a lot, I think is sort of figuring out how we talk about it. Cause it's really like a stage of completion, rest and integration. Mm -hmm. Um, so I call it the integration stage, but like that's in flux, honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like in workshop. Um, but after, you know, so you've, you've created something, you've taken it to your audience, something has happened. So they've given you a gift back. And then now everyone's changed because of it. Mm. Um, and now it's like, we have to listen for what that change is. We have to process that change. We have to rest um, for, a, for to be able to repeat a cycle again. And I think also to feel the space of like, I'm no longer holding on to this creation. So we could think of this like the fall season and, you know, I'm like just jumping metaphors, but it's, if you think about a birth, like it's also like the postpartum phase where like yeah. we have to experience for some of us, right. The grief of I'm no longer carrying the thing. Um, right. And that stage was like, never talked about in my, <laughs> in my training, yeah. but I was always like, why am I, you know, why do I go through these cycles of grief in creativity? And so yeah. I'm really passionate about sort of making space for that project I, process. Cause I think it's looped into some of the high levels of burnout that we all experience when we oh, sort yeah. of skip that phase. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Oh, sure. I feel like there's, it's a really wonderful way to, to kind of compartmentalize one's process without feeling beholden to it. Right. Cause I imagine each of those phases could take months, years, like decades in theory about things that you need to ruminate on and the way in which you even decide to potentially do the creation of it. So it could take a, a, a week, right? Like depending on what you're working on, or it could take 10 years. So right. yeah, it's just like, I think it's nice to have some landmarks mm -hmm. and then know that first of all, we're all in multiple of these stages most of the time yeah. at one time, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting to think about like, what season am I in with this particular project? It just like helps you not feel so forced. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be in the luminosity phase when no, no, no. Like I just need to let this thing sprout and germinate and yeah. figure out what it is first. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it happens like when I write a blog post and then it happens when, you know, you build a body of work over 10 years. Yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna be marinating on this within the various things that I'm doing in my current life <laughs> forever. Um, 
But I want to kind of now talk about this last phase that I know we can call it whatever as you ruminate on what it actually is. But I, think I know this- integration for now, but like, yeah, come back to me. I think yeah. there'll be a <laughs> I think about I don't the word for me that's been ringing in my ears the past couple of weeks weeks for a lot of things has been alignment and this idea of like when something is kind of fully in you from your head to your toes and the way that it feels inside of you in addition to the impact that it has on your emotional life and your psyche and all of those things just kind of being in alignment from it. Um I guess I I would I'd love to kind of go there for a moment because it is something that we don't talk about, whether it's you've come off of a show and you've had your whole your show family or you've been in living in a different place. If you've gone on a contract and then you come back to, quote unquote, normalcy and like, what is that really? Was that not normal what you were doing and really getting back into a grind or is that the healthy part or what is what is really real to one after something is completed? And I guess I would love to hear a little bit more from you about as you've worked with artists going through their cycles, right? Cause you block people for a long time, as you were saying, what have you found to be some of the things that have been beneficial? Obviously it's, it's an individualized situation, but some tools or ways to exist while in that phase when it can feel overwhelming or a burnout situation or any of those really heavy potential. Um, I don't have the word for it, but like feelings, I guess. I first want to say that this is so culturally uncomfortable for many of us Mm -hmm. that I'm horrible at this stage. Most everyone I work with, you know, if I talk to them about the phases of creativity, they're like, what is that even? I don't even do that. Yeah. So I think um, we're so at the beginning in Western culture, in like the culture sort of we're engaged in, of even acknowledging that the the idea of any any of the stuff that's going to come up here, um, release grief, rest, restoration, that transitional space. Like I think of it as like the space between who you've been and who you're becoming. Cause you, mm-hmm. any good creative project is going to become you. It's going to take you to your next evolution of self. And we're not, I was never used to thinking of it that way. I was just like, well, check, I have another, you know, show on my resume, I'm like a right. little bit more impressive. And like, maybe people will like me more. You know, yeah. No, it it's very real. Mm-hmm. And, and, and by the way, those are all, I, I, I don't mean to be flippant about that. Like, you know, um, building a body of work is important and, and having that kind of street cred is important. But um, the idea that the work would actually change me and to sort of like go inward and do some, you know, and so this is like, I think during this season, which aligns with the seasons, a sort of fall moves into winter of like, yeah going inward. Um, it's a great time for like journaling and reflection and talking with trusted sources, like those people on the inside who you really have trust with. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would also say like using creativity as, um, sort of mental health practice here, but not necessarily as like, I'm kind of producing on a really kind of um, intense deadline schedule at this time. Mm. So this is also like wild. Like, I mean, I call it non-results oriented creativity, which is like, we know, we know this when we're two ages, two to five. And then most of us like, don't really get to engage with it sometimes ever in our lives. Or, you know, if you want to, if you go to grad school, Sometimes you get to like go back to that. Um, But I think it's a great time to sort of just let creativity um, support you, like be a soft place to land instead of a place where there's a lot, um, there's a lot at stake. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and yeah, so I guess like, so number one is like acknowledging that this may be really uncomfortable for you. Cause it sure is for me. Um, and I just went through this cause I, I just created this, um, you know, incubator and it was, you know, it's really like a, a sort of arc of study and a course, but I was so in love with every day that I was making it and sort of, mm. you know, I just was so, I love long form creative projects. Like I always will. And once it was over, I was like, what the F do I do yeah. with myself? I mean, I had this, all these goals and, but I think I was like, I, I wasn't quite ready to jump into the next project. Um, and so I think just knowing that like things like puttering things, like, um, having days where you feel like you're just kind of aimless, mm -hmm. that's the creative process happening. That's integration yeah. happening. That's, those are actually seeding your next ideas, even though it's such a big mental leap for those of us who are wired to produce. To do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do know I've been doing this for long enough and I, you know, I think we can all find a place in our lives. You can trust. We're like, oh yeah. You know, that day that felt like nothing, that, that fall that felt like nothing, those weeks that felt like nothing, things are happening. This is the mystery in the process, which brings tears to my eyes to talk about because yeah. like, I think, you know, this part of, of the creative process that is beyond explanation, this is where we have to put our just trust in that place, trust creativity, let her hold you at this point. Yeah. You know, this is the place where you get to be held and grief is human. We can't do great work without grief and terror and rage. So mm -hmm. those things might come up too. loss. If you feel like you've lost a limb, that's because you probably, you know, you've yeah, lost you've, a limb. You have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like the, you know, the culture doesn't want you here. The culture only wants before and after. So the culture wants, you know, your dream. And then the culture wants the dream actualized. And the culture loves you in either of those places. And the culture refuses to see this place. Mm -hmm. So if you feel invisible, that's the culture doing its job upholding the status quo, but also invisibility here is not necessarily, it's actually good potentially because yeah. you kind of need a, a place where you don't need to be on right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Those are some thoughts. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just, I want, I'm taking a breath here for myself because I think even acknowledging that this is something that every human goes through, but specifically those of us who embrace our creativity on a more purposeful um, trajectory, whatever that means. Um, we, we often don't give ourselves that moment to acknowledge all of it, all of it. Like what you've done, what you've created, the impact of those things on you and on others, and then the impact of then letting it be still. I think that's the other part too of just stillness. And even when one's still, one forgets that your body is literally moving inside of you. <laughs> you know, that like your breath is literally going inside of you and outside of you and creating your life as you speak. In that stillness, there's still movement. And I had a mentor in grad school. I have a mentor. He's one of my favorite people in all this world, Jeffrey Crockett. Um, and 
all we did with him was just breath work. And it's not like as basic as, as that is. we'd sit on a stool and it's hard to talk about it conceptually, but it was just literally about letting your breath like go into different areas and yada, yada, yada. And sitting with your breath for three hours at a time on a stool was one of the hardest things I ever had to do for a long period of time because just acknowledging that in that stillness, there's still movement. And therefore, as somebody who self-identifies as a hyper-productive hustler human, that actually is movement. And then I can accept the fact that even in my stillness, I still am being who I am, right? I just think that this thing happening in you, whether you're trying to do it or not. And I think that release, I don't know. You do know. And because you. <laughs> you've lived it. Yeah. And I think we all know. I think in our bones we know, but we were conditioned not to know. So right. I I mean, I'm I would go as far as to say because I'm really ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> like own that. Yeah. I'm an Aries rising. I'm not the person to be talking about this, but I started to realize, uh, you know, I've experienced a ton of burnout. My own work have definitely dealt. I'm not like a burnout coach, but I've definitely dealt with it. Yeah. Seen so many um, folks burn themselves out on the altar of the work. And it's why I care so much about like not doing that. Yeah. But, um, your work can only go so far with you skipping this stage. Yeah. And there's a, you come to a point and if you know you're one of, which I imagine your listeners are like, you don't just want to keep doing the work you want. You want to do transcendent work. You want to mm-hmm. do the work that people, you know, gives people chills and that people can't stop talking about because it's just stirring something in them. And it like brings tears to their eyes to talk about. That's the work you want to do. This is where it happens. Yeah. So it doesn't mean, you know, I have to take a long sabbatical. I mean, wouldn't that be lovely? Um, I think it's it's just more about acknowledging um, this period is vital. Yeah. And it's a restoration that will um, give the next chapter of your work. And really, so if you're thinking about like what your next, you know, how am I going to expand in the next thing? So I don't just sort of repeat the past, but that I sort of move to the next level, which is human. We want to do that. Um, it's listening to what's being revealed here, you know, mm-hmm. about your, you're going to get, I, so this is the, the period between this integration and becoming phase is when you start to get ideas, you know, think you'll start to hear whispers, but it's also, it's, it's, you have, it's sort of all in that liminal space. So it's not, um, it's not necessarily like headlines that are broadcasted in front of you, although it might be, but you start to hear things, you start to have knowings, like this is where these signs in the body, you know, you're going to start to get ideas about the next thing, but you can't, you won't get those ideas until you, you know, acknowledge that yeah. you, you also, by the way, just like probably need to sleep too. <laughs> Gosh, wouldn't that just be... If that was, I mean, we have a technical day of rest according to, you know, the Western calendar. Um, However, that's, you know, but do we, but rest is just so, I guess what I'm thinking about now with this idea of rest being a thing is how that also feels like something to do. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it, it falls under the label of self-care which is now another thing you have to do I know rather I than be good at my self-care it's like the list keeps going on right and then it becomes then it's like well I guess I can't take a beat because now I have to rest and it's like hold hold 
yeah, hold, please. The obligation. Yeah. I, I think for me, the rest is always like, I'm like a, I just never wanted to go to bed when I was a kid. Cause I was like, life is happening. Like I just, <laughs> I love life. Like what if something exciting happens and I miss it, you know, it's yeah. very FOMO, but kind of like an earnest FOMO. Mm-hmm. And I still feel that way with rest is like, I can't believe I have to spend all this time in my life sleeping. <laughs> like there's so much life to live. There's so many books to read. Um, but I think so this idea that we're in a relationship with our creativity and however you want to conceive of it, you know, I think of it's helped me. I like personify everything. The creativity is like Mm -hmm. this wild mistress, you know, she is to me, she feels like that to me because she doesn't sort of follow any (laughs) rules. Um, but she does need to be cared for that relationship needs to be tended to. And we work a lot on craft and we work a lot on now career strategy. Um, but we, this relationship with creativity, I think is that, you know, we, we talk about our relationships with other humans. We talk about yeah. our relationships with money, with our bodies now, thank God, you know, mm-hmm. in our culture, we're finally talking about that. So how am I tending to this relationship? You know, in the same way that I'm thinking about those other things, like I think, you know, you have to give her some time to work her magic. If you are trying to can kind of be the lead all the time, she can't give you the magic. Yeah. So rest is just one of those ways. I think it's important. It's not just napping. It's also, you know, anything else that feels restorative to you. Um, This is how she can come in. I mean, you know, if you need a reason (laughs) to rationalize it for yourself, like this is when you get your amazing ideas. Yeah. Is when you release it to her. I think about it too is, for me, rest, at least in my own body now, as I'm, I don't want to say I'm working on resting more, but like, I am, I am. It's like, a, it's yeah. yes. But again, it becomes like the doing of rather than the being in the thing, sure, but sure. in the doing of trying to work on resting and giving myself that time, which I COVID for all that it's been, that has been a really big blessing for me and a big privilege, frankly, to be able to take a little bit of a second to be like, okay, how am I giving myself a moment to restore myself? I feel in my gut, there's a moment that happens where there's like a little, it feels kind of like, you know, those little dolls that have like those arms that kind of like, maybe you don't, (laughs) there's these little dolls. I'm big into dolls. I mean, I was big into dolls, so (laughs) I'm really curious to know. I know. There are these like little dolls that have like cute little floppy hands. They kind of are like, they're very bendy. It kind of seems a little Gumby-esque. Anyway, it feels kind of like that like little bit of movement in my stomach that doesn't feel tied to anything except for I would say like it feels like light or it feels like excitement that isn't fully energized. And it's like a that makes me feel like I need to just walk or, hey, it's cool to go outside just for a moment. And it's nothing big. But in that little doll waving excitement light moment, there is something very restful about trusting that my body knew what it needed and giving it to myself. And that has been a really interesting pivot of what rest is rather than, oh, I'm lying on my couch and watching Netflix, which don't get me wrong, I love to do and very much need. And also going to sleep at a reasonable hour, whatever that is when I'm a night owl, right? Um, Offering that up is maybe a different perspective into quote unquote purposeful resting where it's you're still trusting that your body is telling you what it needs and you're just listening a little bit stronger into what it's desiring and going towards that. 
Well, I think what you said, you said it's cool to go for a walk. So what I heard there was like, there was some point in your life or some part of you that didn't think it's okay. Oh yeah. For a walk. And I know we're talking really granularly here, but it's, we're, we're really conditioned not to stop. So it's, it's interrupting it and saying, not only is it cool to go for a walk or listen to whatever my bones and body are telling me, it's exactly what I need for my process. I know what my process needs, not somebody else. And it's the coolest thing in the world to start trusting it. It's the bravest thing in the world. Yeah. But it's when it can start to get fun and wild. I mean, you're really, you know, like I've kind of started, I really built a career. I made up a career. Like I really have sort of charted my own course at a certain point in my life. And it's all just new levels of trusting whatever that voice is. So Mm -hmm. if it's your body, if it's your soul telling you, you know, don't take that ballet scholarship, whatever it is, like all the voice, um, it's such a wild ride, but it's gets funner. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> completely. Fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My level of excitement on a daily basis, even when I'm tired is amped completely. Well, that's the thing is, so then you start to distinguish between like, then you're just like, yeah, I'm tired because I was working with these ideas all day and I was loving my work and exactly. you know, now I, yeah, I'll just rest when I need to. Exactly. Well, I am curious because you mentioned this earlier in the conversation, how did you, or what made you excited or decide to expand these ideas into, and please put the words in my mouth because I'm not going to be using them properly, but like the curiosity around soul expansion and how you have developed, frankly, talks and conversations and programming and everything around that exact premise around one's soul. What drew you to that as the entry? And then what has allowed you to continue expanding that conversation? Mm, I love this question. The first thing that came to mind is church. Like, Mm. so I didn't grow up in the church, but my parents are both artists. My dad is a professional singer and he had this church gig where he would sing at in choirs. Um, he was like the high tenor that everyone needed, like called in to, you know, like drown out the people who were flat Dead. and, um, it was my mom's a Renaissance physician and she always had like some, you know, collegium or something on Sundays. And so it was cheaper than babysitting to bring me to choir with my dad. Mm. And so I would, um, sit like I was a three or two or three and I would just sit in the bottom of the choir stalls and color, you know, while they were singing. And it was this huge Episcopalian church. And I was not, so I I was raised with no, had, you know, backgrounds in Quakerism, but I really was raised with no religion. My parents were like, really wanted me to choose for myself, but I felt so connected to, I can see the entire fresco of the ceiling of that church. Like I would just stare at the angels. I don't even think I colored because I just Mm. felt so there was just this heightened sense of magic in this place. And I don't know what the got, you know, I was not paying attention to the actual service, but there was like something about this awesome energy there. Um, so the reason I say that is I just think, um, yeah, I've been like questing my whole life around, um, 
yeah, like these, these sort of this sort of mystical energy that's, that's larger than us, that's sort of just beyond mm. what feels logical. And I, I kind of think of it beginning with those angels in that fresco. Wow. Wow. And then as you moved through your own creative journey, which clearly had many different lives in, and seasons within that, what yeah. drew you to create yeah, I guess the word is programming, but pick another one that has to do with that type of exploration. I don't have an explanation for that. Isn't that interesting? Like mm. I have just kept making decisions and the decisions were always made out of points of, for me, it's like total angst. It's months of crying and bathroom floor moments and talking, talking that you're like talking too long to the people that I love about like, what am I going to do next? <laughs> you know, and re to the point where you're like, they're done with this conversation. Um, so I would say, um, also, cause what I do now, like specifically, I mean, literally wasn't a career in sort of the, the sense we know when, when we were growing up, um, but so anyway, it was just sort of following. And, and I think this personal question, this personal curiosity I've, I've always had is like, how can I be useful? Like, I want to sort of be the most use I can possibly be in this lifetime. And so that question has been sort of a driver for me to sort of think like, okay, I, you know, I had, I'm glad I had an acting career and it was like, it taught me so many things and I learned so much from it, but I was going through this period where I was like, I know there is more of me to be utilized. There's mm. just so much more, but that's all I knew. I mean, I didn't know a coaching field existed. I didn't know wh what we might call a sort of thought leadership or like that you could just speak about your ideas and people would listen. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know other than like sort of formal academia, which is what I thought my path was going to be. Um, Cause that was sort of the only place I knew where you could sort of be doing these things. Um, but I didn't know any of that existed. So it all, again, it all began with the question of just like, I was at an audition and I looked around the room at a hundred women who looked just like me, mm -hmm. who I knew were going to do just as great a job, but per perhaps better than me at this particular audition. I was like, I know there's something, there's just the next, I could be more useful. And so that mm -hmm. question kind of drove me to a bunch of breakdowns, which then drove me to, you know, a, a bunch of like very synchronous, you know, lots of synchronicity yeah. around different um, opportunities that then led to where I am now. What has been your, you can take this however you want. What has been your greatest accomplishment in that work for you? I think, wow, never thought about that. Hmm. Because I guess it, yeah, it's an inner accomplishment, I think, yeah. is is sourcing and using my voice mm. in a way that feels, and, and stubbornly so, authentic to myself. So I exist in the digital world a lot. You know, I'm, I'm very, I have a lot of colleagues here. I like, you know, study it in many ways. And I also have like a lot of opinions about mm -hmm. digital entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship in general. And 
And so I resist so much of where kind of the field is going and where things, you know, I, to a, to a fault in that, like, I refuse to do certain things because I just think they're sort of unethical or whatever it is. Um, But I'm proud. That's also my greatest accomplishment, I think, is building an entire ecosystem that I honestly can't wait to get up in the morning for Mm. that sustains me and my family and that um, I feel pretty much across the board 100% like it's the truest expression of me. So it's built on truth. And that I would say is the biggest accomplishment to me. Yes. Yes. Take a moment and like receive yeah. that for yourself. You've created Yeah. I don't whole... have to do things I don't want to do. Yeah. But what a gift you've given yourself and also, frankly, the bravery it takes as a woman specifically in a Western culture, but as someone for whom this type of living is really quite stacked against. Um, I mean, generally for people, but you know, to be able to wake up every day for the most part and be excited about the work that you do and know that you are living within your purpose and your values and you still get to push yourself in creative ways that you might not have even thought were possible and you get to do so sustaining your family and giving in that way also. I mean, like what a wonderful thing. And to know that every day you can go to bed knowing that you are real and authentic and honest with yourself. <laughs> like what a Yeah, cool I, I think it's, it is pretty rad. I mean, you get in the weeds, but it is, um, I know, and I spent so many of my early years. So I just want to say this to anyone who may be asking questions Mm because it always comes in the form of like, it'll come in the form of a question or it'll come in the form of angst or it'll come in the form of deep self-doubt. So deep self-doubt is a sign that you're on the edge of expansion, but it doesn't feel that way. You just feel horrible. all day long. I get it. <laughs> um, the, you know, it's like, trust that though, trust the unbearable self-doubt, trust the unbearable angst, because listening to that is how I, I can say all this. And if I didn't listen to it, I would continue. I would have continued to do things that felt good, but they weren't like, they weren't the heart of it. You know, they mm-hmm. weren't the, that, um, like, you know, ikigai is the Japanese word for it, but like your reason for being, um, yeah. because they were more acceptable to people that I knew they were sort of more formally accepted in the culture that I had been raised in all of those things, right. Like to sort of package myself in a way that made more sense that carried the narrative that I had been living. Like yeah. I trained for 20 years as a ballet dancer to complete that storyline, I should have entered a ballet company. Like that's how that, you know, that's the classic ending. So it takes so much courage to be like, oh my God, I'm not going to end it that way. Yeah. <laughs> that's not my ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I just want to say that to anyone because I've just been there and those periods are what, are, they're going to lead you to something that's truer. Yeah. And therefore more you. <laughs> Yeah, it's abstract, but it's real and it's not tied to other people. It's really just like your inner, you know, Glennon Doyle says like your inner knowing. Um, yeah. And it's totally. that. And that can be really hard to want to lean into because it feels scary. It's scary, the unknown and the trust. And you usually are going to have to shed. It's interesting. Like we started talking in this conversation about sort of identities, like who yeah. are you? 
usually at these points, which I think are like total sacred points, right? Of your life where, you know, you, you might be experiencing whether it's like an exciting call to expansion or like massive self-doubt, whatever it is, um, you're going to have to shed most likely some identities Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to kind of explore some new parts of yourself or new, like, I think, you know, that inner crowd that lives inside of us, like new parts are like raising their hand and they're like, um, hello, I'd really like to be attended to. I've got some great (laughs) stuff for you, (laughs) you know? And so the next chapter is always going to be like embracing more one of those parts Mm -hmm. and usually shedding some identities that may have gotten you really far that may have um, people know you as, I mean, that's, that's one of the, we're wired for belonging. So it's really hard. Sometimes it took me years to let go of the identity of being a dancer because Mm. my entire being was wrapped up in it. Oof. This just hit me in a way I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I very much hear and see and feel myself in all of that. And it's, I also want to say like for anyone listening, it doesn't get easier, but in many ways, because you've done it so many times or hopefully you will continue to do it, the receiving of the raising of the little crowd hands is actually more of like an expansion within oneself that that muscle of expanding actually has become more used and easier to totally builds on itself. So you yeah. work it, right? You work the inner yeah. listening and um, it's going to lead to outward opportunities. So again, if you need a strategic reason, um, it's going to make your work richer and deeper, whatever it is that you do. And I, so when you shed and like, when you have to sort of, I wouldn't even say it's shedding an identity. It's just a t- detaching from it a little bit. So like I had to sort of let go of the idea. I was going to be a dancer in this way. I thought I was going to be, and now I'm like, I'm a dancer. Yes. I, this is we we are all of these things. So that's yes. another myth of the culture that you, you know, you have to choose one thing. You have to be one thing, right? You contain multitudes and yes. it's really countercultural and revolutionary to embrace all of those multitudes. And it just means that you can't lead with all of them in every season of your life. Um, but it doesn't mean that they don't, you know, they're not always going to be a part of you. Mm-hmm. I want to say like, wow, in big letters. Um, I love the word. Wow. Me too. That was my, that's my 2022 word. Is it? My son, it was one of my son's first words, which was amazing. That's yeah. (laughs) And I was like, that's totally my 22. Cause it's kind of, you get to a certain point. I think of myself, I'm kind of mid career at this point. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know, or like at the beginning and the end and time is (laughs) what is time. Right. But I'm at a place now where I'm like in search of wow and aliveness. Yeah. You know, that's like what I want. Yeah. I am so grateful to you for going on this journey with me today. I know before we started speaking, it was like, what is this going to be about? And it's like, I don't know. And I never do. And I could not be more grateful for the journey that this took. And it was frankly, really cathartic for me in many respects. And so I'm feeling deep appreciation for you to be able to unintentionally allow me to go through some clarity for myself. But I also know for the listener that this will be an incredibly impactful conversation. And I'm I'm so grateful to you and your openness for just letting this be what it was and is and taking on its journey. So truly, truly, truly. I love that. That's how I, that's how all, I want all my conversations to feel. Same. Same.
before we like wind down, is there anything that's left on your heart that you would love to share before we go that has not been touched on that you feel is imperative before you leave? I think when we're talking about soul expansion, like these moments of expansion. So that is what's happening in that period of integration, like that your sort of next expansion is emerging inside of you. Like all we want is just a plan. <laughs> You're just like, give me a plan, like show me the steps. Um, and, and there, you know, it is the bravest thing in the world to trust that, um, you 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 can't have a full plan. It's just not the way creative. It's not the way a creative life works. It's not the the way a create you know creativity works for you. Um, but you do have whispers. I call them whispers. So I guess that's just the thing I want to say is like, if you're lucky enough to hear a whisper, the the culture teaches us that whatever else you're hearing in your life and in your world and on the internet is more valuable, more right, or more correct than that mm -hmm. whisper. And if you learn to make your whisper sovereign, you know, wake, make that inner whisper like the truth, the sovereign truth, um, that that I think is like the most specialist skill in the world. And yeah. so I just encourage you to trust the whispers. Uh, I need to do that, it's, you know, every day. If anybody wants to work with you or reach out to you or has any further questions or any of that, what within your boundaries of respectful communication are the best ways to find you and reach you? Yeah. Well, I do want to say, you need, I, I always think of this as a conversation with listeners, even if you're not here in the room. So now that you know me, I'll just be forever a champion of your creativity. That's just what you get with me. I love <laughs> you know? it. Um, so know that, know that someone out here is rooting for your creative process, even if it feels like, you know, you'd, no one is right now if it's like in that incubation stage. Um, so send me a DM on Instagram if like something sparked something for you. I'd love to know, you know, that um, I just love to know like insights and discoveries or any ahas. I'm mm -hmm. at Liz Kimball on Instagram. I love Instagram. And then my website, LizKimball.com is sort of like where you go to learn more and, and all the things. But I did want to say so I do have a 15-day a creativity experience that's totally free. And it it's not for everyone at every point in your life, but it's really about like just a 15 minutes of creativity a day for 15 days. And mm -hmm. people have really found it helpful in these transition periods. So if, you know, you can find that on my website and I just encourage you, you know, if you want to get that, um, that can be really supportive at this time if, if it resonates. Thank you so much. Um, again, truly like my heart is so beaming with like all of the feelings and mostly just gratitude. Um, and hopefully this is the beginning of more with EAC and frankly with me, cause I kind of want to be your friend. <laughs> but, well, but I, friends. I, great. Beautiful. Amazing. Um, and thank that. you for doing this because I, I said this to you before the podcast, but like, I wish I had had these kind of conversations, uh, when I was a younger artist. And what that tells me is that all of you listening are going to take everything we're talking about to the next level, you know, that you're going to take this, these conversations and show me and us things that like, you know, I'll never see in my own lifetime. So thank yeah. you. And thank you to your listeners. Thank you so much. 
I have found that it is incredibly rare to encounter somebody so open, willing, able to be challenged, pushed, expanded the way that Liz met me in this conversation. I know I am so endlessly grateful for it, and I hope that as you listened, you took something away for yourself as well, whether it was just to embrace your creative process just a little bit more, to be kinder to yourself, and the ways in which you can purposefully rest up so that you can show up for yourself. Whatever it was that you found in this episode, I hope that you are able to take it with you and come back and listen whenever you might need it again. Now, if you like this episode, please like, rate, follow, and most importantly, review us from the bottom of my heart. I cannot express to you how much this means to us and the ability to continue doing these types of episodes for you. If you did not like this episode, just let it all slide. If you haven't done so yet, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective, and more on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. If you're seeking some merch, we got you. Just look at our show notes. I hope you know that it is because of you that we are doing this work. So thank you again for showing up for yourself and for this community. And I cannot wait to have you back again next week. Until then.